This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Dr. Vic here. And this week I had a great interview with Antonio Garrido and it was a lot to do with leadership and leading our life. And, and it's not just for leaders or CEOs, it's for our individual selves and so much more. So I'm excited to share this recording with you guys and the time I had with Antonio and his book and so much more that we discuss. Before I get into all that good stuff, I want to share with you guys, we have a free Facebook group as of right now, Empowered Living with Dr. Vic, that you can find in the show notes. I recommend joining. This is our community at The Mindful Experiment and connecting with individuals to bring together like-mindedness to really help individuals elevate to a deeper level. If you've been liking the podcast, when we talk about mindset, subconscious mind, the universal laws and neuroscience that we bring to the table and mindfulness and all that, this is what this group's all about. I share tons and tons of content in there on a regular basis to help individuals and then bring the community aspect there. So you can find that in the show notes. Another thing that we have launched and it's going to it's live as we speak and you can start to sign up today and there's a special for it is we have our VIP community and I highly recommend for those who want to elevate in their life have a little bit more of me in the in, in that aspect of when it comes to um, podcast. So one of the things we'll be doing is interviews that I've had with people. I will share with you five, seven minute video of my takeaways and what I'm using to put into my life to help elevate it and what I learned from it. And then hopefully we'll share insights and create collaboration from the community to share what their insights were from each episode. But it's not only that, there's articles, there's videos, there's workshops, there's online classes. That's all going to be part of it that comes with this community. And again, you'll see our VIP community down below in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. So getting to this interview, like I said before, it's really learning how to lead with our lives. And I believe that leadership is something that is not just in the for the business world. It's something for ourselves and how to really understand these concepts of these leaderships. If you're a parent, you have to lead. If you have a job, there's leading in some way. It may not be leading others. It may be leading yourself. There's leading in your health. There's leading your mind. There's leading in relationships. So leadership is in all aspects of our life. It's not just one avenue. And that's why I wanted to have Antonio on to share some of the nuggets that he shares with businesses and so forth that he speaks at and all the speaking that he does and so much more, because I wanted to be able to pull those elements and extract that and to share with you guys those attributes so that you can apply to your life, whether you are a leader in business, where it comes as a CEO, running your own business as an entrepreneur, or you're a leader of the house, or you're a leader of your own job and what you do and so much more. So I'm excited to share this interview with you guys. Appreciate you. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And always, if you enjoy this podcast or this episode, make sure to share a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, it really helps get the message out for the podcast and so much more. Without any further ado, here is my wonderful interview with Antonio Garrido. Antonio, welcome to the show. 
Hi, Dr. Vic. Thanks very much for I'm a big fan. Thanks for inviting me. I do I do appreciate it. I hope uh, I hope your audience enjoy it, get something valuable out of it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on. I know they will. I'm excited to dive in, dive deep. And the first thing I want to get into is talking about your story of what you've done. You have six businesses. I I I want to hear about how'd you get into you know the third book, your sixth business, all that your story. What led yeah. you to get to where you are today? Please tell me because I know there's so much just wrapped up in that alone. So yeah, okay. I, I think we'd be here all night. I'll give you the very potted version. Uh and I'll try and get to the point as quickly as I possibly can. I, f- I came out of university a million years ago because I'm ancient as an architect. So I, I was originally an architect and was, uh, you know, just a fairly standard run-of-the-mill architect, you know, kitchen extensions for Mr. and Mrs. Miggins and stuff like that. And I was very fortunate that I met on a particular project, a fairly large project I was actually doing, I met a guy. Uh, who offered me a job um, uh, to set up a new kind of architectural department in in their organization? Uh, probably one of the one of the best leaders I've ever worked for. So this was all by luck rather than by design. So I started working for Alan, and uh, uh, I, I kept getting promoted and promoted. That I'll, if we get time later, I'll tell you why, because I did ask him. And uh, he then sent me back to university after a few years and said, hey, listen, if you're going to run one of our businesses, and I didn't know that I was going to, by the way, but he said, listen, if you're going to run one of our businesses, you know, you need to get like an MBA in business management or business strategy or something like that. We'll fund it. You go back to university. We'll look after things. And when you come back, we'll give you Europe to look after, which is just like bonkers, right? And then... And then I then, again, honestly, Dr. Fick, more by look than design, uh, found myself working for just really inspirational leaders and bigger and bigger organizations to the extent that I sort of ended my working career uh, running what you might call four Fortune 60 businesses, thousands of employees, billions in revenue, and just great. Learned a lot. Um, then, uh, about 12 years ago, uh, my wife and I, we were about to be empty nesters, four children, all about to go to university. And um, I said to my wife, should we kind of like wind down a little bit? She said, yeah, I think it's a really good idea. I said, okay, where should we go and live? And she said, let's go and live in Miami. Now, there was a reason for that, because my brother was the CFO of an organization called AstraZeneca. It's a pharmaceutical company, and he looked after South America. And every time I go to a board meeting in Dallas, I would swing by Miami. I know they're not relatively close, but compared to the UK, they're just around the corner from each other. So we would go there a lot, and I'd go and see my nieces and nephews and my brother. And Anyway, so we decided to go and live in Miami, and I I started a business there, which, again, more by luck than judgment, uh, it became um, one of the largest sales training companies in the world. So we did did terribly well. But anyway, um, to answer your original question, so in one of my jobs, one of my leaders, uh, group chairman, uh, asked me if I journaled. And he said, uh, hey, Antonio, do you journal? 
And I said, no, I don't. And he very quizzically asked me why I didn't. Um, and I, I had never really considered it. So um, in my rather pithy way, uh, I said, that's probably, I, I probably don't journal because I, I, I'm not a 16-year-old Victorian schoolgirl. My <laughs> dear diary, Mr. Darcy was mean to me today. So I thought, I thought that's what journaling was all about, right? And he said, okay, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. He said, do me a favor, go and find the uh, 10 of the most successful people you know. You connect with 10 of the most successful people you can find, right? Somehow or another, by hook or by crook, and ask them if they journal. I thought, what a strange request or strange question. So, so I did. I, I, I found people that I knew that I thought were hugely successful and went back actually to a previous, some previous leaders that I'd worked for and so on. Um, and, and, and eight for eight all said yes. <laughs> so I didn't even get to 10. And then I thought, you know, maybe there's something in this. And if anybody's listening now and wants to Google, there are other search engines available, but basically go, the benefits of journaling, you're going to find billions, you know, within a nanosecond, billions with a B, not millions with an M, of, you know, case studies and people saying that journaling is probably pr a pretty good thing to do. So I started. I didn't know what to write. I didn't know what to say. And I kind of started and I kind of stumbled a little bit. Went back to the guy and said, okay, I've started. I'm not sure it's for me. I <laughs> don't know that it's uh, it's doing me any good. And 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 I saw recently, actually, Simon Sinek. We all know Simon, right? When we all die and go to heaven, he'll be there. I shared a stage with him once. He's a really nice guy. We... Um, he, uh, I saw a thing that he did, which is, imagine you're going to the gym. You think, ah, I need to improve. I need to, you don't know, you go to the gym a bit, Doc. Um, you know, you need, you know, someone might say, I need to get more flexible or I need to lose some weight or I need to increase, you know, muscle mass, whatever, right? Um, and you kind of look in the mirror and then you go to the gym and you sweat and you bend and you stretch, right? And, and all of that. And then you come home and you look in the mirror and you look exactly the same. And then the next day, you take all your togs off again and stand in front of the mirror and you go, okay, got it. Okay. You go to the gym and you come back and you look the same. And, and day to day, from one day to the next day, yeah, there's there's not much, not much you can see. And it's easy to get discouraged and go, ah, oh, it's just, I'm just not built for that. But these things compound over time, right? The you know, it's not even 1% a day, but even if it were 1% a day and you can't see 1%, and journaling's the same, where it compounds over time and suddenly you start to see some green shoots of recovery and then suddenly it flips. Here's the thing, though. Um, it's about one of the benefits, one of the key benefits of journaling is it increases self-awareness. I did a talk. I did a talk just before COVID hit, actually, I got COVID, I caught COVID at the Super Bowl final just a couple of years ago, just before COVID like became like a big thing. <laughs> so I was an early adopter, right? I caught COVID at the Super Bowl final when nobody knew how to deal with 
COVID. It was like mid-February and it was about mid-March. Everybody knew what COVID was, but nobody knew when I got it. Neither did my, you know, my wife got it. And we were quite poorly and nobody knew how to help us. But anyway, I did a talk just before then. And there was about 400 leaders in the room. And I asked them, I said, okay, by a show of hands, who here has no leadership blind spots? Because there were there were about 400 leaders, senior execs in the room, all different markets, vertical sizes, right? The, just a real spread, right? And I said, okay, so by a show of hands, who in the room has no leadership blind spots? And thankfully, Dr. Vic, they were all self-aware enough to realize that they must have some, like there were no hands, no hands went up, right? I said, okay, terrific. Very self-aware bunch. That's marvelous. Now, if you would all just take a second and write down what your own particular blind spots are. Well, of course, nobody can do that because if they knew what they were, then they wouldn't be a blind spot, right? So now everyone's scratching their heads and kind of shuffling and looking at their feet. Here's the thing. What journaling does for anybody um, and that's a very organized, very structured, very intentional journaling, journaling, not like the 16-year-old Victorian schoolgirl, Mr. Darcy, was mean to me today. It, it's, you know, very intentional. Whatever you do, whether you're an architect, whether you're, um, so that begins with an A, whether you're a zebra rearer, if that's even a job, whether you raise zebras, I'm trying to do A to Z, right? So <laughs> then... Do people raise zebras? Probably look after it themselves, I imagine. But anyway, so um, whatever you do, uh, that building that self-awareness, whether whether you're a leader or whether you're a manager, whether you aspire to be any of those things, you know, self-awareness doesn't just, you don't just wake up one day and the sun comes over the horizons and the angels start singing and you are suddenly very self-aware. Um, you've got to work at it, like at the gym, uh, over a period of time. So... So emotional intelligence is really what we kind of focus on uh, in this, our third book. Uh, leadership development, uh, trying to maximize our own potential. And then if you're a leader, maximize your people's potential. Then if you're a business owner, once you maximize your own potential and 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 once you maximize your people's potential by dint, you know, by, as a consequence, a natural consequence of that, you you know you maximize your business's potential and and your job. It's a bit um, uh, uh, who's Mark? Uh, no, who said what got you here won't get you there? I'm having a bit of a brain fart. Um, Marshall wow. Goldsmith. So Marshall Go Go ahead. Yeah. So Marshall Goldsmith. What got you here won't get you there which kind of and and that's 100 percent true and especially when you see the pace of change is getting even quicker look ai you know chat gpt came out and the pace of change increased again and it's going to continue to increase so the future is coming faster than ever it's more unpredictable than ever and unless you start to build your own self-awareness emotional intelligence spend some time looking in the rearview mirror in, by 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 developing hindsight, it allows you to develop foresight, which allows you to develop insight, right? So you can keep looking forwards and recite. So journaling helps in a million different ways, uh, especially for leaders, especially for individuals. It's just it's just terrific. So I wrote this book, 
my daily leadership and it's about a roadmap for for success and and really at its heart it's the, we talk about lots of things in it of course but at its heart it's what are you doing to increase your self-awareness increase your emotional intelligence increase your ability to um uh, close the gaps between where you are and where you need to be and help help the people around you do the same and i guess that was a very long answer to a very short question where you said, tell me about yourself. Anyway, there you go. Did that help? No, I love it. I appreciate the details. I appreciate the journey of the talk and everything. It, it leads to, again, it's your story, right? And, and your, yeah. your experiences, what led you to where you are. Um, what I got a question for you then. How has, you know, journaling with self-awareness, how has self-awareness affected your life? We go business, if, if you want, in that realm or in any, and you brought up pieces of what journaling would do for an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if you don't mind sharing a little bit, what has it done, you know, when you become more self-aware, um, how has that played a role in your life? So that's good. That's a good question. Here's the thing about self-awareness. And, and it's one of the biggest issues that we have when we're working with our clients, right? Uh, leaders of uh, organizations and as well as solopreneurs and so on. Everybody kinds of thinks that they are self-aware, right? Everybody thinks they're a good driver, don't they? Like who have you ever said like you're a good driver? Who said no? And when there was some research done by, um, oh, I don't know, it's in the book, but some research was done. Uh, over 80% of people think they are significantly better than the average driver. And if you just, if anybody's listening uh, audience knows anything about mathematics or statistics that's impossible right 80 percent can't be better than the average right because about 50 percent everybody thinks they're a better driver than they are everybody thinks they have more self-awareness than they have one of the things that we do before we engage with anybody and you can find it on our website i'll give you the details later is uh an assessment right which is a an objective assessment as opposed to a subjective assessment, right? An objective assessment of your own self-awareness and lots of other things besides, but mainly self-awareness. And it's a difficult thing to get your arms around. So when we're giving those, either the feedback from those assessments, those, when we get the results before we go and do the one-to-one feedback with our clients, when it says that their self-awareness is like zero, (laughs) right? Or, Or really, really low, we always kind of like hang our heads in our hands and we go, this is going to be tricky, <laughs> right? But then when we sometimes see somebody with high self-awareness, we know this is going to be a breeze. Because people with low self-awareness, when we're talking to them and say something like, um, we need to start thinking about your impulse control, for example, uh, which is one of the components of emotional intelligence, EQ. Um, And they go, what do you mean? We go, yeah, so impulse control is, you know, kind of measure twice, cut once, don't let your emotions get ahead of you, you know, don't blow hot and blow cold, you know, try and be, think about your emotions and how you're responding to things, right? As a a component of self-awareness, this principle of uh, impulse control. Those that have low self-awareness go, what are you talking about? I'm brilliant at that, right? Because they have low self-awareness. And and we're looking at the results thinking, yeah, you you probably don't. So the point being that nobody kind of, unless you've got good self-awareness, you don't recognize that you have low self-awareness. Most people think they have good self-awareness, but most people don't. Here's what we typically do. We say, okay, so you disagree with this, 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 this. They go, yeah, 
that's that's not me at all. We go, okay, do us a favor. Are you married? Yeah. Go and ask your wife. <laughs> Show this to your wife, right? Or somebody that loves you, your nearest and dearest. People that know you well. Go show this to them and tell me what they say. And invariably, they come back and say, okay, let's continue the conversation because, because the wives and the nearest and dearest, the kids or whatever, go, that's exactly what you like. And they, they, they don't see it. It's called a scotoma. It's a blind spot. Like I said earlier, they don't know what it is and they, they don't see it. So you don't have to take our assessment. It's just a very quick way of getting to it and, you know, really focusing in laser focused on the particular elements. But it basically, it, it's this, right? So uh, another leader said to me once, um, uh, my boss, he said to me, um, hey, Antonio, quick question. I said, yeah. Um, and he always asked me tremendous questions. Um, he said, uh, did you earn your money today? It was towards the end of the day. He said, did you earn your money today? And did you do your best? Now, <laughs> I thought I've got to be careful how I answered it, because this is the guy, <laughs> right, that, that decides the next pay, pay award bonuses and Here's the chap that decides who gets the good parking spots <laughs> in the car park, right? So I said, "Yeah, Andy, I, I think I, I think I did earn my money today, and I, I think I did my best." He said, "Well, let's think about that, shall we?" So he said, "What makes you think you earned your money today?" So I said, "Well, you know, I came in early. I did this, this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did that, right? And I met, went to this meeting, and I made these decisions, and so yeah, I think I earned my money today." He said, I think you were you worked hard today. Did you earn your money today? And I'm like, oh my God. So I, I said, Well, yeah, I did work hard. So he said, Yeah. He said, and you know, there is some value in uh, in hard work, but I'm more interested in commitment. So did you earn your money today in terms of commitment? And I said, well, What's the difference between work ethic and commitment. He said, well, work ethic can get all over the place. Commitment is, you know, doing the things that are difficult to do and that's actually going to move the needle as opposed to the easy things that you want to do. No growth in your comfort zone, no comfort in your growth zone and all of that kind of stuff. And I went, no, I still think I earned my money today. He said, why? And I said, because I did this and this and this was difficult and made this change. He went, okay, great. He said, okay, I agree. You earned your money today. And I thought, okay, get away with that one. And then he said, uh, if every day you ask yourself that question and three days on the trot, you think you're not earning your money, he said, come and come and see me. We'll have a chat. I thought, okay, good. So every day, start asking yourself, did I earn my money today? Okay. Second question was, and the answer to that, by the way, should always be yes. Okay. Uh, or largely. I mean, you can have an off day. You can always have an off day. All right. Second question. Did I do my best today? So he said, so did you do your best today? Or you kind of meant today, yesterday, recently. So I said, yeah. I said, okay, well, what makes you say that? I went, because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. He went, I don't think so. He said, what's best? Best is a very high bar. Best is, if you can imagine, like a 100-meter runner, like an athlete that runs 100 meters. If he does his best every day, that means every single day he gets a personal best. Every single day he runs faster than the day before. And that's impossible. 
you can't do your best. You can try your best every day, but you can't do your best every day. Doing your best is the 100-pound lady mother lifting the car to, you know, to free the children. That's best. That's a really high bar. That's a really high bar. It's a look. Every day, as you look in the mirror, um, ask yourself, did I earn my money today and did I do my best? The answer for the first one should always be yes. The answer for the second one should normally be no. But did you try your best? That should normally be yes. Why am I telling you that? Because what it is, that's a habit of self-reflection, right? You were asking me about self-awareness. That's basically saying... At the end of the day, what what would I give myself? What does my report card for the day look like? Is it an A plus? Is it an A? Is it an A minus? Is it a B plus? When I said this, could I have said something else? Might something else have been better? Should I not have said that? Should I not have thought this? Should I have done this instead of that? That self-reflection builds self-awareness. And what happens when you do that often enough, what happens is that in the moment, when somebody does something a bit bonkers, which they do all of the time, right? Even if it's just, you know, leaning on their horn at the junction because somebody hasn't let somebody out, right? You start to, in the moment, respond with more intelligence, more emotional intelligence, where you'll think, you want to scream at the person or you want to, you know tell an employee that they did a crap job or shout at a client or whatever, right? So, but you don't because you know that later on in the day, you're going to have to give yourself a B minus for that. And nobody wants a B minus because we all like A pluses because we get lollipops for that. So, so that starts every day when you start at the end of the day saying, how could I have done? Because it's not a dress rehearsal. This is it. It's one and done every day, right? You've got... However many days you've got left, Dr. Vic, let's say 8,000, right? Everyone, that's it. <laughs> you don't get it back. So try and make the best of it, right? The best of every day. Um, and uh, journaling helps that. Self-reflection builds self-awareness. It builds all of that EQ. Did that, I can't remember what your question was. Did that answer it? I hope so. <laughs> no, no, it did. I mean, because I was asking about self-awareness and how ah. it affected you and stuff. And you you did it you you tied it all together. I mean, it's it's the one thing that I'm a huge fan of is reflection because it helps yeah. us look in. And you're talking about imperfections and where no one's, you know, to me, like I said, like I had a coach tell me, uh, out of give me a, a rating of where you are from one out of ten. And there was one time, and all it took was one time. I gave a rating of a 10. And he said, he called excuse, he said bullshit. And I said, dude, I'm on fire. Like everything is just on fire right now. He goes, You give me a 10, that means you're not growing. That means you're perfect. You have no more room for growth. And I was like, I see what you mean by that. I am 100% with you. Okay, that makes sense. And you kind of talked about that with the reflection part because the thing is, no, like I was going to ask you the question, like, um, no, I forgot my question. Oh, yeah. Is anyone 100% self-aware? No. <laughs> so, so, so my coach, because we coach people and, you know, you can't, you can't be – you can't argue that everybody needs a coach if you don't have one yourself, right? So so my coach, who is a fourth-generation submarine commander, or was, so his, he was a submarine commander of a nuclear submarine. His father was a commander of a nuclear submarine. His grandfather was a commander of a 
diesel submariner, his great-grandfather. This guy's son is in the Navy. I mean, talk about pressure. But anyway, he asked me once, he asked me this story. He said, um, we were underneath the Arctic Circle. We'd been there for about four months, tracking red submarines across the globe without being detected. And we'd been under uh, underwater for about four months. It was 3.30 in the morning, and he was asleep in his quarters, right? And But submarines work 24-7, right? There's no sunrise and sun, right? They just operate 24-7. And unfortunately, uh, a, a young electrician, welder, I'm sorry, uh, about 3.30 in the morning, made a mistake. Something happened. He was welding a pipe, and submarines are full of hard metal sharp it's a terribly dangerous place with pipes under incredible pressures and temperatures i mean it's just an awful place to be anyway this guy unfortunately had an accident and died almost instantly and so my coach asked me whose responsibility was it that that guy died and he said, so let me give you the options. Was it his? Was it his fault? Was it his, you know, did clearly he made a mistake and he died? And whose fault was it? Was it his fault? Was it his manager's fault? Uh, was it his supervisor's fault? Was it his trainer's fault? Was it whose fault was it that this guy died? So I'll let think about that for a second. I'll let your viewers, your audience think about that for a second. So I gave him an answer. Um, and he said, no. I said, oh, who's, whose fault was it then? He said, well, it was my sub my submarine, wasn't it? I said, yeah, but you were asleep on the other side of the boat. It was 4.30 in the morning. And he goes, yeah, but everything that happens on my submarine is my responsibility, good and bad, but everything that happens is my When I take on the position of captain of the submarine, it, the commander of the submarine, that's, I take it all on. And you'll be amazed, Dr. Vick, at how many people externalize their issues. Bad, that's terrible. The economy's bad. The president's an idiot. Russia in Ukraine, right? Economy, they blame everything that happens in their life. The good stuff is entirely their responsibility, 100%. The bad stuff, it's everybody else's responsibility. They don't take ownership. So to answer your question, are there any? Is there anyone with perfect self awareness, perfect emotional intelligence? No, but the good thing about emotional intelligence is it's a learned skill, and you can improve it every day. It's not like IQ. IQ, you kind of it's stamped on your DNA, right? If when you were seventeen you had an IQ of one hundred and twenty-two, you've got an IQ of one hundred and twenty-two today, right? You can you can read books and all that kind of stuff, and you can learn some facts, but your IQ, your intelligence is your intelligence. And like that's between you and God, right? But EQ you can grow, and so uh, that kind of self awareness. Get your beliefs and values right, because we all have self limiting beliefs. All of us, right? Some stuff that gets in our way. There's some stuff that helps us, helps us develop, helps us improve, helps us with relationships, helps with our own self talk, right? We all have some good stuff, and we all have some bad stuff, and the. The, those self-limiting beliefs, you've learned them. I mean, they they 
everything you believe you've learned and which means you can relearn them right you just haven't you're not born with them you know you learn language you learn how to use a fork and write and read and talk and drive and all those things you also learn your beliefs and some of them help you propel you forwards and some of them don't and the ones that don't they're not just going to magically disappear or evaporate by themselves. So this isn't a dress rehearsal. We've got to get on with it. You've got to make the best if you can. You've got to take responsibility for everything that's happening around you, everything that happens to you, even people that get ill, right? If you get hit by a car, okay, I get it. Get hit by lightning, sure, I get it. But like most things, you know, even some things, that you can't do anything about. If you have the right attitude about them, you get over them quicker, right? It's that kind of change curve. I know people, you know, we all need to learn through that change curve. You know, when you get to kind of like um, shock, disbelief, anger, (laughs) right? Denial and all of that. I know people who have been divorced for 10 years and they're still in denial, right? They're still angry about it. 10 years later, it's like, man, move on, right? Get to acceptance real quick. And get on with your life, right? So even those things that, you know, you get hit by lightning, you've just kind of got to get on with it. Did that Did that help? Oh, 100%. I agree with you and all that. Um, and great, you know, it is, you know, like this, the submarine, the fault was the, the, the man who ran it, right? And it's the same thing with our life. It's the same thing. Everything that happens is us at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, how can people find you, get your book and all that good stuff? So, well, LinkedIn is always a good place. There aren't that many of us. There are a few, but uh, just go, just all the W's, my daily leadership, all in one word, mydailyleadership.com. That's our website or Antonio at mydailyleadership.com. Anybody emails me, I promise somebody, probably me, but somebody, if not me, somebody will get back to you real quick. Uh, Jump on our website. There's loads of free resources, free kind of downloads, starters for journaling. There's a tremendous assessment there. There's a business assessment, leadership health check. Then there is this the self-awareness assessment. Yeah, just, you know, you can't fix anything. You know, if you go to the doctor and you're not feeling so well, they're not going to be able to help you until they've taken the blood tests and the MRIs and the X-rays, right? So do that. We don't have to help you fix that stuff if you don't want to, but at least you'll know what your issues are. And then just buy yourself a nice journal, get yourself a pen and start. I love that. Um, I'll have all that information for the listeners in the show notes. Antonio, thank you for taking the time to share your story, the beautiful power of journaling, self-awareness, which is so needed in this world today uh, to really create, I think self-awareness is lead the path to fulfillment. So it's uh, appreciate your time and appreciate all the work you're doing for humanity. And thanks for taking the time to join us here at the mindful experiment community. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.